This is Do Good and Do Well with me, Sarah Fox, the podcast where we explore how you can help make positive change in the world without losing yourself. Hi everyone and welcome to the Do Good and Do Well podcast with me, Sarah Fox, a coach, mentor and mother. In this podcast, we explore how to balance our work as leaders, change makers, with our life as mothers and fathers, friends and colleagues, human beings with our own needs and desires. You're listening to episode 39 and today you'll be hearing from the brilliant Bobby Lane. But of course, before that, it is time for Sarah's suggestion. This is for... Anyone who's feeling overwhelmed by the very long, seemingly never-ending to-do list. If you have one of those and you're feeling a bit stuck, try this. Try having a brain dump list. Once a week, I often do this on a Sunday evening or sometimes a Monday morning. Write down everything that is in your head. All the little bits that you feel like you need to get done. All the big bits that you feel like you need to get done. Once you've got that out of your head, go back through the list and you're going to divide it into categories. Really thinking about the week ahead. So the first thing is to look at what you can get rid of, like what you can dump, what doesn't need to happen that week. It might be that you think, oh, that needs to move into the following week. Or it might be, you know what, realistically, I'm never going to get that done. Let's just get that off the list. So that's what you're dumping. Then you're looking at what you can delegate. Can you pass this to someone else? Is there someone else who actually it's their responsibility to do that? Is there someone who is better placed to do it? What is it that you can pass on? The third bit, what has to happen this week? What really are your do's? So you're looking at what you can dump, what you can delegate and what you can do. So part of that is about what's realistic for you to do that week. And some of those things might need to be put into the week after. And that's okay. You can use post-it notes, highlighters, or be rough and ready. You know, do whatever works for you. If you want to be creative with it, have a bit of fun with it, do that too. Once you've got that list broken into three categories, you can then plan your week. So time block where possible. Really important that it's realistic. Really important that you also add in some fun stuff when you're planning your week. Fun stuff for you. Stuff that feels nourishing that you know is going to help you, particularly if you have a very difficult week. Plot it in, schedule it in, make it a non-negotiable. Then every morning or even the night before... You can look at your list, you can look at your plan and write down the three, maximum three things that you want to achieve that day, your three goals for that day, being really realistic and use that list, that that list of three as your to-do list, not the really, really long one. Give it a go. Let me know if you do something like this already. Let me know if you try it and what happens.
Next up, I'm introducing you to the brilliant Bobby Lane. Bobby is passionate about wildlife, the environment and making a difference in the world. And she's a big believer that small changes really can make a difference. She's also a designer of electronic greeting cards that plant a tree every time you buy one. And she is the creator of the 100 Job Challenge. I will let her explain everything. Here's our chat. Hello, Bobby, and welcome to the Do Good and Do Well podcast. How are you today? I'm good. I was feeling really nervous, but I think now <laughs> that's worn off a bit, so it's good. <laughs> um, um, the reason why we are laughing is because this is the third attempt at this recording. The first time I turned up half an hour late. Um, which is obviously great but Bobby was very kind and had lots of empathy second time we had so many technical actually I think it's the fourth time we've tried yeah, I think it it's is the, the fourth, fourth time, time. Yeah. <laughs> fourth <now>. time lucky <laughs> I was pressed at mute accidentally Bobby couldn't hear me I thought there was a problem with my headphones anyway it just shows you doesn't it you know I know this podcast always looks really slick, but behind the scenes, <laughs> <it's> chaos. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining me, Bobby, and for bearing with me. Okay, what would you like people to know about you? Well, I've had a few practice runs at this. <laughs> it's been different each time as well, so let's see what I say this time. <laughs> so... Um, I think I found this question really difficult, but I think the main thing is I've got a a blog, or I've got a couple of blogs actually, but I've got one um, called the Hundred Job Challenge, where I try a hundred jobs, different jobs for a day, write a blog about each one to raise money for charity. That was what I started about five years ago. <laughs> And the other thing, I've also got a different blog, which is like a sustainability focused blog and Instagram page. So I kind of try and spread kindness and ideas for how to be more sustainable. Mm. I want to know about the 100 job project. So what number are you at at the moment? 44. I did number 44 a few weeks ago. So I'm nearly at 50. That's amazing. And so you do a different job for one day. And mm-hmm. um, what have you learned about yourself doing those things? It's been really interesting. So when I first, so basically, maybe we should start with why I yeah. started it. Yeah. Because it's kind of, um, so I basically got a really weird form of migraine about, that must be about eight years ago now, I think, which meant it, that I couldn't work for like a year and a half. And it also, because it affects your brain, I had different skills to what I had before. So I was having to learn to be a new me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was started reading a book called uh, How to Find Fulfilling Work, I think it was called. And I cannot tell you the name of the author because it's Russian and <laughs> there is no way I'll pronounce it right. We'll put it in the uh, show notes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I've tried before and it went terribly. <laughs> But um, yeah, so in his book, there was a story about someone that for their 30th birthday, they tried 30 different jobs. And I was like, do you know what? I'm going to try 100 jobs and do it to raise money for charity. And everyone thought I was a bit weird for coming up with that idea. They were like, that's a ridiculous idea. I was like, no, I'm going to do it. And um, so I did. So yeah, that I think I've been doing it maybe even longer than I thought. Maybe it's like about six years or something. But yeah, I have learned 
I, so basically when I started it, I had a list of 100 jobs that I wanted to do. And then I actually ended up on a small program on national TV that's actually no longer around. But I ended up on there and I ended up in the local newspaper. And so I actually had people coming to me with jobs to do. Oh. So I scrapped, and they were much better than any that I came <laughs> up with. So I, <laughs> I scrapped my list and now I'm much more... I think this condition and the challenge has taught me to go more with the flow because I yeah. think we always think we kind of have the best ideas for ourselves, but maybe there's some some other way of doing things that we hadn't thought about. Uh, yes, I love that. I love that, that you're open to opportunity. So you started with a list of things you wanted to do and then then people started to come to you and it now feels like, okay, there's stuff out there that I don't know. I don't know. And what's going to happen? Yeah. And it was really interesting because so, for example, one of them, I think this one always comes to mind because I worked as a parking warden and I just really didn't want to do it. (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, nope, I've been asked to do this one, so I'm going to go and do it. And I had this stereotype in my mind of like, oh, it must be really horrible people do that job. Um, which I don't even know why I would have that idea. But when I got there, he was such a lovely man. And he actually, when he um, does his rounds, he looks out for homeless people and then tells his mum who works at a church or is part of church. Yeah. Um, and then she then goes and helps those people. And it kind of showed me that no matter what job you can do, you can also do good as well. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's really great. Have there, any, have there been any that you thought, actually, this would be something I would love to do? forever yeah yeah there was well travel blogger oh yeah I love travel and yeah I think uh, that would be my dream actually to incorporate that with sustainability and looking at how because obviously travel is pretty difficult to do sustainably so I think I'd like to explore how to do that and yeah that would be a dream but yeah that was a really cool job and he just created that from nothing and now that's his full-time job yeah Yeah. and there was another one I don't know whether I would want to do it as my full-time job, but it was a really cool one that always sticks in my mind was a happiness spreader, (laughs) (laughs) which is not that I wouldn't want to do it, but I think she was just, that was her destiny to do that that job. She'd suffered with uh, depression and she got to a point where she couldn't even look in a mirror or anything. And um, one day she was just like, right, I've had enough of this. And then she, yeah, she's also an accountant. And a happiness spreader. Yeah, accountant happiness spreader. What a great thing to have on your CV. That's amazing. (laughs) Yeah, so she... um, What's her name? Do you know her name? Jenny Jones. Jenny Jones. She's been on Britain's Got Talent as well. Well, As a happiness spreader. No, she did that. She's got a song that she made up that she Ah. sung. She's like, she's great. Um, And she's written a book, well, a couple of books, actually, like children's books, especially about building confidence. And she's just, it's funny, she's a local celebrity. Like, I actually did my job with her on her birthday and we everywhere we went, they're like, hi, Jenny, it's Jenny. (laughs) Oh, that's so nice. Yeah. Um, Because we met... We met because you did, you were one of my coaches on, on my challenge, the 100 yeah. Days for 100 People Challenge. It was someone that we both knew who kind of suggested that, that you did it. And I remember her talking about you and saying, and you, Bobby's amazing and she's been doing, she talked about the job thing. Oh. And, um, <laughs> what I really love is also your perseverance with it because it's taken, you know, it's but you've been doing it for quite a long time. And do you have a sense of, 
when you might get to 100 if you've got a deadline or you just like oh well it will be what it will be I'm hoping before I'm 100 <laughs> no. when I first started it, everyone was like oh you're gonna do it in a year and I was like no definitely and the thing it's taken so long is because with my health that's been fluctuating and I think something that you like to talk about on your podcast is taking care of yourself and that was a really difficult decision for me to sometimes take a break from it because it's something I'm really passionate about and I think yeah there is an expectation that it should be done in a certain amount of time and I think that's been difficult and something for me to work on of like accepting that I don't know how long it will take as long as I finish it I'll be um I'll be happy with that but yeah I reckon a good few years more Yeah, yeah, but there is something about accepting it. Accepting it is that that is what it is, and and you know you you do have to work a certain way because of your health. You could really go for it, but I'm assuming that would be really detrimental, and actually might mean you wouldn't ever complete it. Yeah, I I find if I do too much, it's, it keeps me in check my uh, the health because <laughs> if I do too much, then I suddenly get absolutely exhausted and then I just can't do anything. So it's better to do little and often rather than going doing too much and then I can't do anything. Yeah, yeah. So can you talk a little bit more about your migraines and the impact of that on you, but also like what. I mean, you've touched on this a little bit already, but what you do to to live well? Yeah, so I got it. Well, I'd had what I would call normal migraines for quite a few years before it changed to this type of migraine. And this, I always find it hard to describe it because it's not like anything you would ever experience. I think it's likened to feeling drunk some of the time which people are like, oh, that's great, but it's like not all the time and when you have no control over it. Um, It affects my memory and uh, actually even common sense is a big thing that it seems to have affected as well and telling the time. So it's interesting when you (laughs) were late this morning, I was like that, well, thinking it was me because I do that quite often. I can't tell the time. (laughs) So (laughs) I kept looking like, have I got the right time? I actually had turned up for an interview like three hours early before or I went to my mum was like what are you doing I was like I've got my interview and she was like that's not for three hours but I kept looking at the clock and just it wasn't computing it properly in my brain (laughs) so in my brain it was working out the right time but yeah it wasn't luckily she's helped me (laughs) but yeah so it's really obscure things and like um uh, patterns so there's a pattern on a ceiling or stripes on stairs or that kind of thing makes me feel like I'm floating around and in a computer game is how I describe it like you're not really in in real life yeah it's really bizarre to get used to yeah and is that happening all the time or do you have blocks of, of that happening I think it's happening all the time, but it definitely gets worse at certain points. And I've recently found a new lady who's treating me. And it's so interesting to me because, I've, yeah, I've had it about eight years now, I think. To, she's identified the things that I avoid doing to try and naturally make myself feel less unwell. But obviously, like, for example, moving my head too much or moving my eyes. Um, mm. And she put a heart monitor on my finger and got me to move my eyes, which is obviously a normal thing. And my heart rate just went rocketing up because it's basically where your fight or flight is kicking in. So your body's just overly sensitive to danger when there is no danger. So it's, um, 
yeah, it's a really interesting thing. It's been an interesting journey. What would you say for anyone who might be suffering with that kind of health issue? What would you suggest to them? Well, I actually wanted to share it. Not that I'm a doctor, but I know, <laughs> of course. <laughs> I just <laughs> nice wanted disclaimer. To... <laughs> yeah. I've been doing a lot of research and I've tried a lot of different things so I did want to share some of the things I've come across and I thought if someone gets a feeling like they'd like to read about it then they can. So I travelled to Germany and had a treatment done called Atlantotech which is where so at the very top of your spine you've got the C1 bone which kind of holds your head on not that my head was going to fall off (laughs) but that bone was not in properly so they put that in and then because all the communication goes through your spine to your brain so that that did help having that done but I have had people go to have it done and theirs wasn't this I don't know what their technical phrase for it is like dislocated or whatever so it's not for everyone but they've got so much information on their website that I definitely recommend reading through it and if you feel like it resonates and that might be something worth looking at and mm. um, that really helped and there was something else actually I think it was at one of my 100 jobs someone told me about this it's called the Gupta program and so this person had oh what's it called uh chronic it was not chronic fatigue something similar and he basically treated himself and has now created a program to do that and I think from what I've kind of research I've done and the conclusion I've drawn is that chronic fatigue and fibromyalgia and this kind of migraine are all pretty similar in their causes so he gives some really good explanations about what might be causing it and how to I did his program at his house and that was really really helpful. So you're clearly doing very practical things to try and tackle this condition did you describe it as a condition? Yeah yeah, it's actually classed as a, a disability, which I think a lot of people, when you say about migraines, they're like, oh, it's just a bad headache. And it's like, it's definitely not a bad headache. But I think, yeah. I don't know, there's, yeah, it's um, definitely, a, it's not life uh, threatening, but it's definitely life altering. Yeah, thank you for sharing that because I th- I think you're right. It is those kind of situations where, people do assume that they know they know what it feels like and as you said at the very beginning this is I can't explain it because it it's like something uh, that you'd never had prior to this so yeah. how you put it into words to help people to understand it's tricky you do talk a little bit about the migraines on your Instagram page as well as all of your brilliant environmental sustainable bits and bobs do you want to talk a little bit about that like where has that interest in sustainability come from that actually came from my migraines as well or not my migraines I'm really careful about like I don't like saying because you're attaching yourself to them the migraines yeah (laughs) I always am so careful about that because I think you don't want to become a, yeah I think language is quite a strong thing as well mm. um but yeah so that was because my health was really difficult I then started looking I used to smoke loads drink loads not look after myself at all and then it's interesting once you have your health taken away how much you have to reflect on the way you do things and um yeah, so then I was looking at like chemicals in things. So that's how I started my sustainability journey was more looking at like realize I had no idea how many chemicals were in everything. 
so mm. I started reducing that and then it it just snowballed into once I, I found once I started caring about myself more I started caring about the environment more too mm. and I was actually dating someone in Australia um and I was there to see him and Plastic Free July is quite a big like sustainable movement and it originated in Australia I'd never heard of it so then when I went to see him it was a really big thing and then that's when I started my Instagram page and I really started the journey and it's yeah it is a journey and I think it's changing all the time every day I'm trying something new or and obviously it's not perfect so I still I think some people are scared to do it because they feel like have to eradicate all plastic from their life or or like you're not going to make a difference but I think like businesses and governments want to do what's popular so if a lot of people say they want more sustainable practices and that's what they're going to do so we do have power I think sometimes when people think we don't definitely can make a difference Mm. yeah yeah and I think that comes across really clearly when you look at your Instagram page for example and and read your blogs what because you have you become vegan as well because I know you were doing you did was it what's it called Veganuary. Yes, that's yeah. it. You did that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that was a total accident as well. I only did Veganuary because of the page. And I'd planned on because I'd been vegetarian for about seven years. That again was a health thing. So then I was like, oh, I'll do Veganuary and then I'll go back to vegetarian. But actually I really liked it and I felt it fitted more with my whole new ethos on life. Um so I've just stuck with it and I really enjoy it. So yeah, that's what's that now? Eleven months. It's really, it's really great. As you say, you know, it doesn't have, you don't have to like be all in doing small things. It can make a difference. And that's your message, isn't it really about do what you can. Yeah, I think uh, I went for a vegan fine dining meal on Saturday. I actually went on my own for a five course (gasps) meal. That was really pushing my boundaries. (laughs) But I got talking to a couple and they said they don't refer to themselves as vegan. They refer to themselves as plant-based because they were like, we don't want to be that couple that no one wants to go out with. For example, actually, I went out on Sunday and we went into this pub for a roast dinner and we were like, have you got a menu? And they were like, no, literally, we just do a roast. We were like, okay, what ones do you do? it was all meat there was just no other option we were like okay and I was like well I'll just have like vegetables and gravy that's fine but yeah I think obviously you get different variations of veganism but for me I just think I I would rather not yeah make it too difficult for other people by being too strict on it because I've always we could have been walking up and down the high street trying to find somewhere with some food that I could eat but again with the migraines I have to eat I'm supposed to eat every four hours so that quite often there'll be a point I'm not organized enough to have vegan food with me so I'll have to get something not vegan and I'm like that's okay to <laughs> to do yeah. that yeah. I think it's interesting because like if someone that ate meat every day had one meal that wasn't meat then people wouldn't say oh you're not a meat eater but if you say you're vegan <laughs> and then you have something that's got butter in or whatever they're like well you're not vegan now are you and it's like I feel yeah. like it's difficult when Pete like boxes having to fit in boxes is quite difficult yeah that resonates so much because I class myself as mostly mostly vegetarian my my, my son has totally gone vegetarian and totally he went pescatarian then he wanted all the meat and then he went back to (laughs) vegetarian definitely and I call myself a meat reducer in a way because 
I would say 80% of my diet at 90% probably is vegetarian, but there is an occasion where if we're eating out or I just feel like I need something else, I won't beat myself up over it. I'll just have what I want and then go back to not eating meat. And I think that releasing of the expectation, you're either this or that, it doesn't have to be that way you can be this and that and I love your your whole you can hear it in in the in what you're saying but also the way you're saying that sense of I don't know there's like a playfulness to it all as well it is important it really matters to you but we can enjoy it and take it for what it is and do our best yeah, that's so true, actually. I think that's why I do everything in life is quite a, I'm quite an experimental person. And, and yeah, I think if you make it playful, you're more likely to stick with it. I think if we're too hard on ourselves, we're all human. That's what, yeah, we're all human. So I just think you're not likely to stick to something if you, and it might not work out. I think it was someone the other day was trying to make um, vegan uh meringues and she showed a picture of them beforehand they looked incredible they were all fluffy looked amazing and then she showed a picture of them in the oven and they just totally sunk (laughs) but then people told her how she could change that but I love yeah I think it's much more fun to just try things otherwise if you've always got that fear of it might not work out then you just don't try it in the first place yeah yeah Um, Bobby, what does, so obviously the podcast, Do Good and Do Well, what does that mean to you? I think it's exactly what we've been talking about. It's really, I'm really passionate about helping the environment and spreading kindness. But I think also it's really important to look after yourself because you only get one body and it's got to, uh, it's got to last you from the moment you take your first breath to the moment you take your last breath. So (laughs) it's really quite important. I think I never um, really realised that until it was taken away. And I was like, actually, this is the most, without this, I have absolutely nothing. And um, we were talking before, before, maybe it was one of our recordings. (laughs) 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 But we were talking about when I couldn't work, I realised how much I associated myself with my job. So I used to work as a drugs counsellor for young people. And I really loved it, really passionate about it. And I had obviously associated a lot of my self-worth with that. Mm. And then when that was taken away, apart from the fact that my brain was finding it really difficult to talk, like I could hardly speak. I could picture the first letter of a word, but I just couldn't get the words out. They were like quicksand. So that obviously added to my fear of talking to people. But it was also like knowing that they're going to say, so what do you do? And it's, well, I haven't worked for a year and a half. It's a really difficult thing to say. Um, And even now it's something that I have to work on because I'm not doing something that I would consider as a do-good job. So when you sent me the, you sent me a link asking like, (laughs) it wasn't what what do you do, but it was tell me about yourself. And I could feel this fear coming up again of I don't feel like what I'm doing for my paid job is actually doing good. But I think that that's the whole point of it doesn't have to be your paid job and your paid Mm. job is not everything about you. Yeah. That's it's only a small part of us I think so much that's one of the first things people ask you quite often when you meet people and I make a conscious effort not to but it's really interesting when people ask you that it's yeah generally one of the first things when you get to know someone so what do you do for work and it's like (laughs) yeah 
it's interesting yeah yeah thank uh, thank you for sharing that because I I think it really is very important and so often particularly with the people that I work with and I've experienced this myself my identity is so tied up with my paid work and when I left working as an employee I chose to do that I wasn't I wasn't forced to do it and there was this sense of having to figure out who I was what I was what I wanted in the world who needed me you know what I wanted to be able to say about myself and there was a long period where I I I kind of you know was just mum yeah that is enough but for me, I was like, oh, is it enough? You know, like it, it is, it's a really hard thing to negotiate. And I imagine that when it's taken away from you, especially when you're doing something that you really love doing and knowing you, Bobby, uh, I can imagine how amazing you were in that role <laughs> as well. That must have been really challenging. Yeah. And like, so still, I don't want to say I'm limited because obviously that's your mind, but like it is a reality that with memory is pretty important (laughs) so I do find that it does restrict the kind of jobs that I could do I'm actually so lucky where I work the lady has got exactly the same thing as me and I found it through my hundred jobs so they're really understanding (laughs) Uh, which is just incredible but um and I've actually forgotten what I was even gonna where I was gonna go with that <laughs> Just to prove my point. <laughs> um where was I gonna go with that? Hang on. Um don't know. Might don't come know. back to me. Yeah. Don't know. Yeah, obviously um, it wasn't important. <laughs> <laughs> well, we were talking about how it's a challenge and it's still a challenge oh um, yes luck- luckily you're in a role where they're very understanding I'm not luckily because actually that's the way it should be shouldn't it like yeah that's it's true. a disability yeah but you have certain needs to enable you to do your job really well so it's not a lucky thing at all um yeah <laughs> that's true and <laughs> um my brain is literally stopped working I just thought something else would say as well it's gone um yeah I don't know maybe it yeah, it's gone again. <laughs> See, this is what I mean. <laughs> but you're right. I think it shouldn't be something that's lucky. It should just be more normal. And to be fair, oh, that's what I would say, is that I have been offered a few jobs from my 100 jobs. Mm-hmm. And I've seen a counsellor quite often on and off throughout this journey. And one of the, she was like, well, what would happen if you like, because they were all saying like, we can try and work, like not try, but we want to adapt to be able to have you work for us and she was like how would it feel to allow them to do that so that was a really interesting because a lot of it is mindset I'm definitely a perfectionist and mm. a lot of it is the fact that I know I could do better if my brain worked a bit better <laughs> so a big part of the journey has been accepting that this is me now like I think forgetting what I'm talking about on a podcast would have horrified me before <laughs> and now I'm like well that's me so <laughs> yeah yeah I'm putting words in your mouth but I can imagine how frustrating that is and I would look at all the things that you've done as a result would you have done the blogs if that hadn't have happened or um yeah I don't know actually I might cut that um no I actually no that is true (laughs) I actually would never wouldn't change it if you gave 
if you ask me most days when you ask me, <laughs> I wouldn't change it. And it's interesting because I recently was speaking to someone with a heart condition that um, we were actually, we were um, on a date. <laughs> and it, that's a, there's some restrictions, like I'm supposed to go to bed at a certain time and wake up at a certain time. And some things make me feel really unwell and I'm supposed to drink a lot and all these kind of things. And it was really interesting because he has a, a bad heart and he has similar things so we were like oh it's really cool that we can connect on that level but he said the same thing of and I've met quite a few people with long-term health conditions that say it sounds weird but I actually wouldn't change it if I could because I've learned so much from it yeah yeah and yeah. a lot of that is about mindset which is not an easy thing to do at all because yeah it's really really difficult some days I'll be in the darkest of places um, so yeah, I definitely am not in that frame of mind all the time, mm. but that's actually something else I would share was, um, I learned transcendental meditation, which really helped as well. What was helpful about it? I think that was the point where I learned to accept it rather than, and like I said, I am still working on yeah, yeah, <laughs> eight years on, I do still try and battle with it sometimes, but yeah, I think that was the turning point of me actually being at peace with accepting it rather than constantly wishing I was like my old me even though I, I yeah I love the new me so it's not that I don't love it but I think <laughs> there is always that human nature thing of comparing yourself to the old old you and those terms like the old I, I wonder whether the pandemic people are sort of thinking about the pre-pandemic version of themselves and the post-pandemic yeah. version of themselves as well and it's not that we're completely brand spanking new but we are all changed we have yeah. all been changed by this in some way or another and some good has come from it and some not so good and I hope the lesson that we can all take from from listening to you Bobby is that that it doesn't have to be good or bad that actually it can inspire and it can be a catalyst for something different and we can evolve and I love what you're saying about mindset because mindset drives everything we do and it and it stops us from doing the things we would really love to do as well and so before we come to the end of the episode I just wonder whether you have you got any um words of wisdom or what's the what's the main thing about mindset that you have found most helpful um I think that that, well there's a a quote that was that says that nothing is either good or bad it's just a situation then it's what we assign to it mm. so I think being in the present moment as well because I think I listen to quite a lot of Eckhart Tolle and I don't know if that's how you pronounce it but he is off, always saying like most of the time the present moment is okay it's only when we're thinking about the past or the future when it's not okay and even actually this morning when I was feeling really nervous about this podcast I kept being like right now it's fine I'm not I'm not talking it's fine. <laughs> No, but, but actually it really helped and I did feel calmer and yeah. I knew I've I've spoken on a few a couple of podcasts and things and like I said on tv and stuff and when you actually do the thing it's never like you as bad as you think it's going to be and I actually have I really enjoyed this and I always know that I enjoy it it's just our minds saying yeah. and something else I've learned actually with this whole brain journey is our brain's only purpose really is to keep us safe so that's all it's doing is it thinks it's keeping you safe like 
that's all it has to do. It doesn't really care about you being happy or whatever. It just wants you to be safe. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's so true. Yeah. I, when I realised that, it was such a game changer as well because it all then made sense. Yeah. Why I had the beliefs and then the thoughts and, you know, so on, so on. That's really brilliant. Thank you, Bobby. So everybody... Everybody listening needs to go and follow Bobby in some way or another, read her blog, join her Instagram. How can people find you? So my Instagram is at little underscore eco underscore lady. And I've got a website, which is pretty new. I think it's only got about three blogs on it at the minute. I need to transfer all my hundred job ones over to it but um it's www.littleecolady.com and then I've got a Etsy shop which the link is in my bio on Instagram where I sell um electronic greeting cards that plant a tree that I hand draw yes and it's coming up to Christmas have you got Christmas versions I have I've done one that took me like because I came up with the idea before having the skill (laughs) so I've got one at the minute that took me like I know it's Adrian a year to do I've just did a workshop last week to help him get him to teach me how to finish it (laughs) Um, and then yeah I've got a few others that I should hopefully have done by next week so yeah and are you open to job offers, Bobby? Yes, if anyone's yeah, listening, going, I'd love Bobby to come. <laughs> we have we have amazing people listening. That would be uh, amazing. So yeah, if you if you would like to offer Bobby a job for the day, then please do get in touch with her, and I can totally vouch for her because she is brilliant. Oh, thank um, you. thank you, Bobby. It's been such a pleasure. Thank you for sharing everything with us. Is there anything else you wanted to share before we end and say goodbye? There was just one more book. I know I've shared about a million different things, but it, <laughs> I'm like, this might help someone. There's a book called uh, The Body Knows the Score. Yeah. And that is an amazing book. So, yeah. And yes. it's by oh, what, Be- Bessel van der Kolk. Yeah. I will put the link to that. I, d- I actually have that book on my bookshelf, but I haven't oh, really? started yeah. reading it yet. Oh, you have um, to read it. I had I, it on, yeah. <laughs> I will. Thank you, Bobby. It's been really great talking to you. Yeah, thank you. I've loved it. Thank you so much to Bobby Lane for joining me and sharing her stories and her thoughts on the world. If you enjoy this podcast and if you haven't already, please go and leave us a review or a star rating and mention us on your social media. You can find me pretty much everywhere. I'm at Sarah Fox Coach. And if you would like more tips, ideas, thoughts of how to live a balanced life full of purpose and impact and a weekly reminder that you matter too, sign up to my newsletter. Take very good care. Yeah.